What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through my week six running back rankings. So going through the top 36 RBs and then also splitting these players up into tiers. This does feel like a really gross point in the season for running backs. I feel like once you get through the top 24-ish, it starts to get really rough. Talking about like the mid to back end RB3s, a lot of those players are pretty much unplayable in your lineups. So not a great spot for the running back position, but it may be important to kind of check in on these rankings if you are struggling at the spot. Um, but let's just dive right into it. We're going to start off with the tier one guys. I have five running backs in tier one here. It's going to be CMC, Pollard, Bijan Robinson, Austin Eckler, and Travis Etienne. CMC locked in RB1 rest of season. Tony Pollard's been a little bit disappointing, but his workload has been super strong. He has a much more favorable matchup this week going up against the Chargers. Then we have Bijan Robinson, continues to impress, hasn't necessarily lit it up fantasy-wise over the last few weeks, but he should still be a high-end running back one moving forward. Then we have Austin Eckler, who is very likely going to return here in week six. If he's playing, you fire him up as a high-end running back one. And then Travis Etienne kind of breaks into this group of running backs, and he's really just commanded a really strong workload for the Jaguars. He's super involved as a pass catcher. He's getting more work closer to the goal line, and he's coming off of a massive week five game. Also a solid matchup here against the Colts, so he kind of breaks into that tier one area. Then we're going to have a pretty large tier two, and I have Josh Jacobs leading this tier. Still has a really strong weekly workload. He's putting together some better fantasy performances now that he's getting into the end zone. The inefficiency has still stuck, which is a little bit unfortunate, and that's really the only thing that's kind of holding him out of tier one. But at this point, still a locked-in mid-tier RB1. Then at uh, number seven, I have Saquon Barkley. I would expect him to uh, return here. I actually kind of thought he was going to play last week in week five. Didn't happen. Like I said, I think he will give it a go here in week six. Even though this Giants offense is struggling, he's going to be their workhorse. He has a ton of receiving upside. So I think you just fire him up as a locked-in running back one. Then we're going to have Kenneth Walker, who's coming off a bye week. He's commanded a really solid workload in that Seahawks offense. Charbonnet really hasn't eaten into it a ton. So I think you keep confidently playing him as a running back one. Then we're going to have David Montgomery, who continues to just handle a massive workload. So we saw him have another really impressive game in week five. I will say that if Jameer Gibbs ends up missing uh, week six, just like he did miss week five, you could honestly probably throw Montgomery into like that tier one territory. If Jameer Gibbs does play, which I do have him in these rankings, just assuming he will play, then this is where David Montgomery would slot in. In the short term, he's not going to be losing out on a ton of work to Jameer Gibbs, and he will still be a locked in running back one. Behind Montgomery, we have Raheem Mostert. Some unfortunate news with uh, Devon Achan going to be missing at least a couple of weeks. He could go on IR. He's been so impressive over the last three weeks. So definitely a tough break there. But if you roster Raheem Mostert, that's going to be a plus for you because Devon Achan was definitely breaking out to be the better option in that backfield. Even though the workloads were similar, he was just way more efficient with his opportunities and was producing at a much higher level for fantasy. But now I think Raheem Mostert gets bumped up to like that 1A in this committee. Even if Jeff Wilson is back, like even though Jeff Wilson and uh, Mostert were kind of in a split last year, I still think there's going to be somewhat of a committee in this backfield, but I have to imagine that Raheem Mostert is going to lead it. Even though Devon Achan was outproducing him, I mean, Achan was outproducing everyone. He was an absolute monster. It's not like Raheem Mostert was performing poorly. So I think Mostert holds on to that lead role in the committee. 
especially for this week, like the matchup here against the Panthers. They have not been great against opposing running backs for fantasy points, so I like him here as a running back one. Then to uh, wrap up this tier, we have Kamara, Kyron Williams, and DeAndre Swift. All three guys clearly lead in their backfields. Kamara still dominating the touches. We did see Kendra Miller mix in there a little bit, but he's still the clear number one. Same thing with Kyron Williams. You got Ronnie Rivers taking a few snaps, but Kyron is still dominating the usage. And then DeAndre Swift on one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL. Kenneth Gainwell is his clear handcuff. Not a ton of competition there. So you feel good about Swift as a high-end running back too. Now shifting into tier three, a little bit of a smaller tier here, but it's going to be Joe Mixon, Brees Hall, Isaiah Pacheco, and Derrick Henry. So for Joe Mixon, he's kind of been underwhelming fantasy-wise, but his usage has been impressive. He's still dominating the opportunities, dominating the usage. And I think now that we saw a huge bounce back out of Joe Burrow, you have to feel a lot better about Joe Mixon going forward. That touchdown upside is going to be there. The efficiency should be better now that we know that Joe Burrow can really push it down the field, maybe extend plays a little bit longer than he's been able to in uh, previous weeks. So I think it is looking up for Joe Mixon as long as he can maintain his uh, same workload. Then Brees Hall, huge breakout game in week five. You'll love to see it. He does draw a pretty tough matchup here against the Eagles, which is why I have him maybe a little bit lower than some would expect after that game. I still really like Brees Hall as a player. But this Jets offense is in a spot where I feel like they can just be like really shut down by a top defense. If Zach Wilson's really struggling, they can focus a lot of attention on the run game and Brees Hall, which could cap his ceiling. But now the fact that he's able to command a huge workload, it does kind of save his floor a little bit. So I still like him as a high-end running back too. I think there will be weeks and better matchups where he can be a locked-in running back one, just not this week here against the Eagles. Um, then Isaiah Pacheco really established a solid role in this Chiefs offense, a ton of work on the ground, not super involved as a pass catcher, red zone work, still kind of iffy, but I think that workload is going to be just fine here against the Broncos. The Broncos have given up by far the most fantasy points to the running back position. We just saw them get absolutely shredded uh, by Brees Hall last week. We know the uh, Miami 70-point game where Chan and Mostert both went berserk. Both of those games were against the Broncos. Chiefs should go up early. They're double-digit point favorites. Pacheco's probably going to be the guy out there icing that game for them. And then the final guy in this tier is going to be Derrick Henry. It feels tough ranking Derrick Henry as a mid-tier running back too, but I feel like that's where we're at at this point. He is losing work to Tajay Spears, and not only in game scripts where they're losing, in close games, he is losing work to Tajay Spears. He is no longer dominating all the opportunities. And we look at this matchup here against the Ravens. This is not a game where I think the Titans are going to go up early and be able to run the ball out at the end. The Ravens are favored here, so it's actually possible they're playing in a very bad game script for Derrick Henry. He's still going to have a decent workload, but he's definitely no longer like a set it and forget it running back one, at least at this point in the season. And now shifting into tier four, another smaller tier, we're going to have James Cook, Brian Robinson, Roshan Johnson, and Jonathan Taylor. So for James Cook, a really strong weekly running back two, uh, tough week five, but it happens. He's not going to have a monster workload. The touchdown upside is really not going to be there, but he's going to have a lot of efficiency on one of the better offenses in the NFL. Then for Brian Robinson, he does draw a tough matchup here against the Falcons, but I imagine the game script is going to be a lot better. As long as the commanders aren't getting blown out early on, Brian Robinson should lead this backfield in touches. We saw last week against the Bears, Thursday Night Football, 
they were getting blown out right away. Antonio Gibson was the guy that kind of pivoted to. I don't think we're going to see that here against the Falcons. I mean, also the Falcons offense probably just doesn't have the uh, firepower, especially the quarterback position, to really light up this commander's offense. So probably a pretty close game throughout most of it. And then we have Roshan Johnson. This is obviously assuming that Roshan Johnson is going to play after having a concussion. And with the news that Khalil Herbert is likely going to miss at least a few weeks, this really just sets Roshan Johnson up to be their clear-cut running back one. I still think Deonta Foreman's going to filter in, but I would expect Roshan Johnson to get a lot of the valuable touches, talking the goal line work, the receiving opportunities. Deonta Foreman has been a healthy scratch, I believe, ever since week one. So Roshan Johnson is their cleared preferred option here. And just looking at the rest of the landscape of the running back position, he's a pretty solid running back too this week. Behind him, I have Jonathan Taylor, and it feels weird ranking Jonathan Taylor as like a back-end RB2. This just comes down to not knowing how the Colts are going to operate this backfield. If you want to play Zach Moss over JT, like I don't think it's crazy with what we saw um, last week with Zach Moss just dominating the opportunities, I obviously think that JT is going to expand on his role. The question is how much. Like, I don't think they're just going to full-on, you know, 180-degree flip it, and now JT is taking every touch. Like, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think it's going to be somewhat of a gradual flip. I would favor JT this week, but like I said, there's really a lot of uncertainty, so you kind of just got to trust your gut on how you think this backfield is going to play out. Now, shifting into Tier 5, now we're getting into the players that I did not list as starts in my uh, start-sit videos. These are going to be more of your fringe options. We're going to start it off with Jameer Gibbs. Like I said at the top, I'm going to be assuming he's playing in this game. Hasn't had a huge workload, but still has some solid involvement back-end RB2 at this point. Then we're going to have Rashad White, and his usage has been very impressive. He's dominating the snaps. He's getting a lot of receiving work, goal line opportunities. A few problems here I have with Rashad White uh, this week and moving forward. So for this specific week, going up against the Lions, the Lions defense has been really tough against opposing running backs. They're not really too tough against like quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs. They have been pretty locked down. You combine that with the fact that Rashad White really hasn't been an efficient option this week. Not a great mix. And then we also have the Bucks coming off the bye. And I think the bye week gives a lot of teams a chance to kind of, you know, reevaluate, really look internally at what they've been doing. And they have been giving Rashad White this really impressive workload, but he hasn't really been making the most of it. So I do think there's a chance we see some of these other running backs get more involved. Now, he does have the benefit of this being a pretty untalented running back room, but still, it's not like he's playing at a super high level. So I also think he's running the risk of potentially losing some work this week. So just another thing to kind of keep an eye on there. Then we're going to have Damian Pierce, another guy who draws a really tough matchup. His workload is capped just in terms of like the receiving usage. He'll have a strong workload on the ground. This O-line is getting healthier. So I like him moving forward, but this week he's more of like a fringe running back too, considering the matchup. Behind Pierce, we're going to have Alexander Madison. And I really don't like relying on Madison here. Just looking at this Vikings backfield, we saw Cam Akers gaining some ground. This is just a really plus matchup here against the Bears. I know we thought that last week with Brian Robinson and it didn't work out, but I do think this is still a nice matchup here for Madison um, as long as they're not getting blown out like the uh, commanders were. But even if they are, Madison is more of a receiving option than uh, Brian Robinson has been. Then we're going to have Zach Moss. Kind of already talked about him. Once again, a very tough player to rank. We just don't know how the Colts are going to use these running backs. Does he hold on to the RB1 role for another week or two? Who knows? Right now I have him as a high-end uh, running back three. And then the final player in this tier, Jerome Ford. 
tough matchup going up against the 49ers, but he is still this team's lead back. You're going to have Pierre Strong and Kareem Hunt taking carries, but I still expect Jerome Ford to lead this team in carries. Plus, he's the clear top receiving option, which is probably going to come in clutch here against the 49ers because I would expect that the Browns are probably going to be trailing in this game. 49ers have been wildly impressive um, on both sides of the ball. And then shifting into the final tier, tier six, this is really the tier where you feel kind of gross about playing a lot of these guys. I went back and forth on Ramondre as like a tier five guy versus tier six. I just have a tough time putting him as like a locked in tier five guy where the rest of those guys are probably leading their backfield or like Zach Moss, where it's just a very ambiguous situation or Jameer Gibbs just on a top offense. For Ramondre here, he was in a dead even split with Ezekiel Elliott, and his efficiency numbers have just absolutely collapsed from last year. Like last season, he was objectively a very, very good running back, which I think is why people were kind of annoyed with Zeke coming in. And personally, I wasn't really too worried about Zeke coming in because I figured that Ramondre was the way better player. So I don't know what has happened this season where his efficiency has tanked, his rushing yards over expected is way low. Um, So I'm not sure if he's like playing through an injury or something, but he is not playing at a high level, which has allowed Ezekiel Elliott to kind of eat into his opportunities. This was a 50-50 split, like I mentioned last week. And so I still slightly favor him over Zeke. I don't really want to play either guy, but that's why I kind of have him pretty low here as more of like a mid-tier RB3. Then we have Tajay Spears, the clear running back two behind Derrick Henry. But like I talked about with Derrick Henry, he is eating into Henry's workload. Plus, this could turn into a game where he is favored in the game script if the uh, Ravens can go up early. Then we're just going to have back-to-back Panthers running backs here. This was also pretty much a full-on 50-50 split. Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard. Chuba did take a lot of his opportunities later on in the game um, when the game was kind of already out of hand. So maybe that's something where Miles Sanders could still be the lead guy here. It's just not a great sign for Miles Sanders. So I do have him leading, but it's close. It was a 50-50 split. We'll see how it shakes out here against the Dolphins. Can't be super optimistic about either of those guys. And then we're just going to have another running back, um, backfield back-to-back. So Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, this is pretty much the spot where we have no idea what's happening in these backfields. The Justice Hill-Edwards split was interesting because Edwards dominated the snaps on the ground. Justice Hill was way more involved as a pass catcher, but then he was also more involved on the goal line. That could all be totally switched up this week. It's been a uh, roller coaster with those Ravens running backs. So ideally, you're not playing either of them, but I guess I would slightly prefer Justice Hill because I'd rather have the receiving and the uh, touchdown upside compared to just the blank volume on the ground. Then we're going to have Tyler Algier. He continues to command a solid amount of work on the ground. He just has very little receiving upside. Um, And then the touchdowns, I guess he has some upside there because they do kind of mix him in um, like closer to the goal line. But Bijan is just a clear better option. So it's tough to get super excited about him. Then we're going to have Javante Williams. And I'm not feeling super optimistic about this Broncos backfield moving forward. I actually really liked Javante Williams heading into the season. Thought maybe this offense could be a little bit better. He may start off slow coming off the ACL, but I think he could build and really become like a solid workload guy later on in the year. That is not what we're trending to, at least this point, because we had uh, McLaughlin coming in, taking some opportunities. He made the most of his workload in week five. I'd expect Javante to come back because he was very close to playing um, last Sunday, even though he is playing on Thursday night. So I think if he comes back, like, I don't think McLaughlin's going to be totally out of the picture. I don't think Samaje Piran's going to be totally out of the picture. So we could be looking at a three-headed committee. And typically, that's something you just want to be out on for fantasy. And then the final player in these rankings, um, Amari Di Mercado. 
I feel like some people may be hyping this dude up, um, you know, just because it looks like he's going to be the lead back, James Conner going on IR, and he totally was the clear RB1 once James Conner left. But we have to remember that um, Keontae Ingram was not healthy for this game. He logged some limited participations last week, so I would lean towards him playing here, and that's what I'm kind of assuming with this ranking. And I also just think that, like, if we're getting hyped about Amari DiMercato, I'm guessing that pretty much everyone had no idea this dude even existed uh, prior to seeing him have like a decent game once James Conner left. So this just feels like a spot where you throw him into your lineup and it just turns into a trap and we're looking at a gross committee on a not very good offense. So I am weary of him. Um, If Keontae Ingram is out, I'd be a little bit more excited. You'd probably put him closer to the top of this tier, but I don't even know if I would break him into tier five just because I don't think the uh, Cardinals are going to be super invested in giving him a lot of work. So that's going to wrap it up for my top 36 running backs. Not an ideal week for running backs. I mean, we don't even really have a ton of uh, firepower on by. It's just a rough overall position at this point. The wide receivers is like a completely different story. There are so many solid options. You can feel confident starting pretty much like 36 plus guys. Not the same story here at the uh, running back position. But thank you all for stopping by. Check out those wide receiver rankings if you are interested. Thank you again, and I will see you in the next one.